You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go. Penn State 27, Michigan 17. Penn State wins their first game of the 2020 season. It took a while to get here, but they're finally here. Penn State finally, officially, in the win column as they pick up their first win on the road against the Michigan Wolverines today. Like I said, 27-17, your final score. Let's turn that music down. And welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Nittany Lions live post-game reaction stream right here on our Twitch channel. Make sure if you enjoy this and you want to see more of this moving forward, to give this channel a follow. And, of course, you can also connect with us on all of our other social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all using the same username of Locked On Nittany. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always. Especially happy today because we finally get a chance to talk about a Penn State victory. It's Like I said, it has taken a while to get here. But, of course, this is also a part of the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And we are going to have some fun today. Uh, in the short period of time that we'll be streaming, of course, we'll give some final thoughts or initial final thoughts, I guess, from this game that uh, transpired. A lot of good things to say about Penn State and the effort that they put in today. Of course, we can just throw this right out the window right now. We know that Michigan has also been having a very tough season. Uh, Penn State and Michigan, probably still not very good teams, but now there's a door of opportunity for Penn State to end this season with a little bit of momentum, a little bit something positive to think about going into whatever's going to happen this current offseason. We'll dig into a little bit of that, but of course, these are the live reactions, the fresh uh, fresh off the moment, uh, heat of the moment uh, reactions from Penn State's game. Of course, this audio version will be sent out to our podcast subscribers. We do a daily podcast Monday through Friday on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. so if you want to get your daily fix of Penn State conversation with me, uh, subscribe on whatever podcasting app you enjoy. We do have the links down below. I don't think the chat commands are actually working, but if you want to give them a shot, that'd be great. I do still think I need to fine tune that just a bit. But again, Locked On Nittany Lions, five days a week, new episode coming up Monday for sure. And of course, the audio from this stream will be available to our podcast subscribers. If you have any questions, comments, reactions to what you witnessed in today's game, feel free to hop them into the chat and we will try to work them into the conversation as well. I'll try to keep an eye on that as the music keeps going. All right, let's stop that. All right, so let's get down to the basics here uh penn state getting their first win of the season of course they came into this game zero and five the line was telling me something because as you may have heard on the podcast this week i did officially predict that penn state was going to lose this game i think i said 27 to 20 27 23 somewhere in that range i just felt like um we were going to see the same story where penn state's offense gets off to a bad start the defense gives up some big plays and they dig a little bit of a hole early on but going into halftime against michigan it was the complete opposite of that we actually saw a good first half from this penn state unit on offense and on defense uh while the offense drove down the field for a touchdown to start the game uh, first time they have done that in the first quarter since that opening drive of the season against Indiana. You know, all of a sudden, you know, all right, well, maybe things are going to go a little bit better for Penn State because the offense goes right down the field, scores, looks good doing so, by the way. Uh, Parker Washington, we'll talk a little bit about him making some big plays in the receiving game. Uh, Kevon Lee, 
certainly was one of the breakout stars today. Uh, maybe not a breakout star, but he certainly rose to the occasion, had a big day. We'll talk a little bit about him as well and what it means for them in the coming weeks as this season now is going to come down to the, the finish line. And again, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with this offseason. We can explore that conversation as well. But this was a very encouraging performance for a Penn State team that really has had every opportunity now to pack things up and call it a year. And, and I've been saying that and I've been stressing that idea over the past few weeks, especially as it has become harder and harder to find any positivity with this Penn State program. I just feel as though you're not seeing a team that is quitting on the season as I bang into my microphone with my hand. And I certainly feel very strongly in suggesting that today. I mean, this is a team where you know, Penn State has had their struggles on the road against the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, James Franklin certainly has had his uh, concerns in Ann Arbor. And the home field advantage in this series has been a big momentum swing in recent encounters in this year, in this series. Uh, obviously, home field advantage isn't exactly what it once was in 2020. So uh, maybe that came into play a little bit as well. But the bottom line is Penn State got off to a good start. In the first half of the game, they actually looked like they were prepared to play a football game. They had a game plan, and for the most part, they were going with it. Uh, there wasn't really too many concerns in the first half. They go into halftime up 17 to 7 on Michigan as Michigan continues to struggle. And then in the second half, they tr they match Michigan's scoring output. So when you already have a 10-point advantage going into halftime and you're matching the point total from your opponent in the second half, that's pretty good. So Penn State, of course, uh, did have a pretty good second half. Obviously, Michigan came back into it, uh, certainly clawed a little bit closer, but Penn State had some answers to that, and that was very encouraging to see. You haven't really seen that all year long, so this was probably the best game we have seen from Penn State, and I'm not just saying that because they won. I'm saying because they played a good first half. They played a good second half. Were there some issues? Was it perfect? No. There were some things that might concern you a little bit from time to time. We saw some bad penalties, uh, you know, a couple timely penalties, too, that uh, really ch led to uh, scoring opportunities, took away scoring opportunities, made it difficult to score points, uh, including in the first half where, you know, Will Levis comes in at the end of the drive. It uh, looks like they're going to go for it on uh, fourth and short. Uh, I think it was inside the red zone. I don't remember exactly now, but uh, Kevon Lee, again, had a fantastic day, but he gets called for a false start penalty, which backs Penn State up a little bit, and then they... Sent out the field goal unit. Jordan Stout uh, misses on a long field goal. I don't necessarily think it was a bad kick. I think the wind just carried it. Who knows? But bottom line is they left points on the board. Michigan comes right down the field and with a, a long 60-yard run to get the drive started. And then they score a touchdown. So it was a little bit of a swing there. Obviously, it didn't come back to hurt Penn State in the grand scheme of things. But th there was a little little penalty like that by a freshman and it really kind of swings the momentum in that particular moment again doesn't kill penn state today but it's one of those things that it's a teaching moment you know obviously you've got young players that are stepping into some big roles and sometimes they're going to make mistakes that's okay that happens that's to be expected now what you got to do is coach from there and have these players learn a little bit more about the importance of staying in tune with exactly what's going on staying in sync with everybody uh, I understand it's a little bit different when you're throwing in a quarterback into a certain package uh, late in a drive because obviously Sean Clifford uh, started the game, by the way, and then he obviously was having a pretty decent afternoon. But there were some instances where Penn State was going to throw in Will Levis and see what they could do. Uh, the Will Levis package has had some issues when that has been the case. Uh, so I think that that might be something to just look forward to moving forward. Uh, Jason Owe, uh, obviously a very impactful player on the defensive end, but 
had a couple of penalties where he got called for offsides. And uh, obviously that that's just something that should be alarming. Anytime a guy's getting fooled on a hard snap or a clap or whatever the case may be, uh, you just got to try and find a way to avoid that being a, a major setback. Again, didn't necessarily kill Penn State's chances today. Uh, didn't make things easier because it gives Michigan a free first down in one case for sure. So there's, there's teaching moments still, and that's okay. And that's where... Uh, programs will continue to grow even as the season goes along, uh, even when it looks like a lost season, as I generally tend to think this year is with an 0-5 start to the year before this first win. I still think you can find those moments to coach up your players, have them learn something new moving forward as you try to improve your program uh, going the rest of the way. So what did I like about today's game? Well, there were a lot of things to like. I mentioned the two players that I'm going to keep an eye on here. Keep on Lee. And Parker Washington, uh, you're talking about two young players who have stepped up in recent weeks, and this was their biggest game so far, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's start with Parker Washington. Nine receptions, 93 yards. I'm not looking at the official stats right here. I am looking at the ESPN box score, but I tend to believe that it's going to be pretty close when those final box, uh, uh, the final box score is released. Uh, it'll probably be released as we are doing this. So I'll look at it, and we'll dig into a little bit more in Monday's podcast. But uh, as I'm looking at these stats right now, uh, Parker Washington had some really good catches today, especially early on. He kind of helped set the tone for this offense. Uh, had a really nice catch and run uh, on that, I believe, uh, first drive where he avoids uh, t- some tacklers, gets away from traffic, uh, he breaks off a tackle, uh, gains an extra yard or two. That's the kind of effort you want to see from some of these wide receivers. So we already knew that Jahan Dotson had kind of emerged as Penn State's go-to wide receiver in many situations where that's what you were looking for out of the receiving game this year, which wide receivers were going to step up. Jahan Dotson had been that guy. Um, he didn't necessarily have the big game that a lot of people were kind of hoping for in today's game. Actually, let me load up the whole box score as I'm even talking about this because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I missed something. Uh, Jahad Dotson, three catches for 30 yards. Yeah, I didn't think he had too many yardage, uh, yards. Now, maybe some of that was the way Michigan was playing him because he has been the main guy. And, of course, there's no Pat Fryermuth. So if Pat Fryermuth is not in the picture, you're going to go for Penn State's top wide receiver, which to this point has been Jahad Dotson. So Parker Washington stepping up and becoming the guy that you can rely on to make a big play happen was pretty big. Now, nobody caught a touchdown pass, but there were some big catches along the way. Parker Washington with nine catches for 93 yards. Penn State had 163 passing yards on the day, all from Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford had a pretty good day. Uh, again, no touchdown passes, but no interceptions, no fumbles from Sean Clifford. Uh, he's 17 of 28, 163 yards. Again, not a day that's going to wow you as far as the box score is concerned, but at the end of the day, you've got a consistently moving offense. They're protecting the football fairly well. There was uh, one instance where it looked like Michigan recovered a fumble and returned it for a touchdown. But the instant replay showed that I think it was Parker Washington who caught the ball as well uh, was actually down uh, before the ball came loose. So that was a big break for Penn State because that would have tied the game at that point 7-7. Obviously, Michigan did eventually tie the game at 7-7, but that would have been a huge momentum swing. And you would have been thinking, oh, oh, here we go again. Another week where the offense actually gives up a touchdown. That's not good. Uh, and it's not, but that was not the case today. The Big, big Ten instant replay review does come in to help Penn State in that situation. There was a moment later in the game where the Big Ten rules kind of uh, make you question exactly why a rule exists. We'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, obviously a good start for Penn State overall. Now, they did uh, really separate themselves from Michigan in that second quarter with the touchdown and a field goal. Uh, the defense shutting out Michigan uh, on the scoreboard, so that was huge. That's really the difference of the game because uh, each team scores seven points in the first quarter. Each team scores three points in the third quarter. Each 
team scores seven points in the fourth quarter. So getting that advantage in the second quarter, going into halftime with a lead, first time all season, by the way, that was huge. And we threw this out earlier on our Twitter account, but this was the first time that Penn State has scored more than seven points in the first half all season long. Uh, I have the uh, list of uh, all the points they've given up. Now, obviously, going into this game, they had given up 111 points, 117 points, to scoring 33 points going into the first half of uh, uh, going into overtime of every game this season cumulatively. So, obviously, getting an advantage at, at halftime was a big step in the right direction for Penn State. So, uh, defense played really well. Uh, there was no question about that. Uh, Cade McNamara got the start for Michigan at, at the quarterback position, as I think was kind of alluded to uh, earlier in the week by Isaiah Hull, uh, host of the Locked On Wolverines podcast when we had him on. And that seemed to be the guy that they were going to rely on. He got banged up a little bit, uh, so they had to go with Joe Milton a couple times. And you know, Cade McNamara did eventually come back. Uh, we'll also mention that Sean Clifford had to leave the game earlier uh, for what looked like a knee injury, but fortunately he was able to come back too. So both starting quarterbacks get banged up. Both starting quarterbacks have to leave the game for a period of time before coming back. Now, I think McNamara actually had to leave the game later on as well. Um, Joe Milton kind of uh, tried to keep the, the boat afloat, but... Uh, ultimately, not the difference maker he was in the week one game against Minnesota. So, K. McNamara, 12 of 25 for passing, 91 passing yards. Penn State only gave up 112 passing yards. That's huge. <laughs> I don't know if that speaks more to the inability of Michigan's offense to get anything going. Uh, Josh Gaddis, offense coordinator, former Penn State assistant under James Franklin, certainly looked timid. And that has been a case for him for quite some time. He had plenty of opportunities to take advantage of a defense that has been pretty bad in the first half of games this year, and they weren't able to do so. So only scoring seven points in the first half when every other team that Penn State has played this year has scored double digits. And I think every team has scored at least 14 points, at least 17 points. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at those numbers. I've got them charted down. But that was a big disappointment if you're a Michigan fan, uh, I think, from this offensive approach because, <laughs> let's be honest, if you can't score on this Penn State defense in the first half, you're going to have a pretty tough time coming away with the game even though Penn State has been struggling this year. So everything went Penn State's way in the first half, pretty much. So there's really nothing to complain about there. Defense was very good. Now, uh, Michigan running the football, uh, 174 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Hassan Haskins, 17 carries, 101 yards. Uh, obviously, that was where Penn, uh, Michigan was able to do the most damage on the ground. But keep in mind, 59 yards that Hassan Haskins had in his 100-yard day came on one run. So... You take away the 59-yard run, and obviously you can't do that because that is a part of the game as well, but it just goes to show that that was just one lapse that Penn State's defense really had, and that was really the only mistake that Penn State's defense truly had throughout the game, other than a couple penalties here and there. You know, the 59-yard game, that was the biggest play that Michigan had all day, and it obviously led to uh, Michigan uh, scoring a touchdown that eventually tied the game in the first quarter, but you know, for the most part, the big plays were not there for Michigan. So that gives Penn State a huge advantage, gives them a much bigger confidence boost. And I think that that's something you can build on. Now, take a look at the rest of the schedule that Penn State will have here. And you're already looking forward to the possibility of ending the season on a winning note. Well, here you go. Next week, Penn State's going to play at Rutgers. I'm not taking that game for granted <laughs> at all. Believe me when I say that, and I've been saying that for a while. The way Penn State has been playing this season, the way that Rutgers has been playing this year. I know Rutgers only has one win on the year, but all of a sudden, this is a game where Penn State's going in with some momentum. They know that uh, Rutgers is going to be amped up for this game, but this is a game that Penn State should win, no matter where that game is being played. Will they win? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying this. It's a given yet, but that is a game that Penn State should be able to win. And then you finish the year at home against a Michigan State team that 
has just one win this year as well. So you've got very winnable games to close out the regular season. I don't know what's going to happen with the Big Ten Champions Week yet. I don't even know if that's going to still be a thing by the time we get to the, the Big Ten Championship game weekend. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But all of a sudden, you've got a couple very winnable games. A 3-5 and five record when you know, certainly the bar has been set so high for Penn State going into the season. A 3-5 and five record is not going to satisfy a lot of people. But if you really dig deep and you take a look at how this season has progressed, a 3-5 and five record, the way things have started, can be a momentum builder. It can be something that can be a part of building your program for whatever is to come in 2021. Lots of bridges still to cross. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Obviously, Penn State still has business to take care of, including the excuse me, including next week's game against Rutgers, and then of course against Michigan State to close out the scheduled part of the regular season. Again, we'll see what happens in that Big Ten Champions Weekend. I mean, if you're already looking ahead right now and you just look at the standings right now, Penn State will still be at the bottom of the Big Ten East, which would probably pair them up with a game against Nebraska or Illinois. If you're trying to avoid rematches, it would look like Penn State-Illinois would be the draw there. Uh, again, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's not see what's going to happen here because now there's a possibility that Penn State can end the season with a 3-5 and five record. As far as bowl game consideration is concerned, I already saw a couple of people tweeting at me about it earlier. Uh, if Penn State does end the year with a 3-5 and five record, I don't know what the bowl picture looks like just yet. I haven't really looked at it that in-depth as far as Penn State's concerned since they have been 0-4, it's been 0-5 as these bowl projections are getting a little bit more interesting to take a look at. Penn State certainly hasn't been on the bowl game radar. But a 3-5 Penn State with some teams potentially opting out, who knows? So again, Still lots of things to get into as far as where Penn State goes with their season. Still a few games to play. Next week against Rutgers is no gimme. So you got to carry over the momentum that you established today against Michigan. And that's the big thing. For the first time all season, you can say that Penn State was definitively the better team on the field. And they proved it. And that's a big step in the right direction. First win for James Franklin in Ann Arbor since becoming the head coach at Penn State. Obviously, another loss for Jim Harbaugh in a pressure-filled situation. Uh, there was a lot of talk during the broadcast about Jim Harbaugh's future uh, as, as Michigan was really struggling to, to come, against, come back against Penn State. Uh, it really started very early on. Uh, I don't. I think that was a major talking point that was designed for the broadcast. And you know, when you've got an 0-5 Penn State team and what was Michigan was uh, two and three coming into the game, obviously you're looking for things to talk about. And Jim Harbaugh's job security, job situation in Ann Arbor is certainly going to be an easy talking point for the broadcasters. Not taking away anything from the work that uh, folks like Mike Golick and uh, Dave Pash do, but I'm just saying it, it's it's easy to talk about Jim Harbaugh and where he goes from here because things have not been going well at Michigan. Just real quick, I don't think that Jim Harbaugh really is in that dangerous of a situation as much as some people like to think. I could be completely off base with that, but I just feel as though he has done a lot of good things with this Michigan program. I know things are not going well this year uh, and things are certainly going to heat up as far as that talking point is concerned, especially since during this game today, the Detroit Lions fired their head coach in Matt Patricia. So uh, Mike Golick made no made no uh, small point about the idea that Jim Harbaugh would be an ideal target or at least a, a likely target for some NFL teams to at least interview. So job opening up with the Detroit Lions. Uh, you figure what's going to happen with the New York Jets. <laughs> there are going to be some opportunities and there are going to be plenty of headlines and uh, rumors swirling about about where Jim Harbaugh is going. I still think he's going to be the Michigan head coach in 2021, but the way things are going, who knows? And I do think that it's it's going to be Jim Harbaugh's call as far as where he goes moving forward. 
Fortunately for Penn State, they don't have to worry about that conversation just now. Obviously, the uh, the James Franklin coaching rumors are never going to go away. I saw just earlier today, I believe Pete Thamel of uh, Sports Illustrated put out a post about uh, potential targets for a new head coach at the with the Texas Longhorns. And anytime a job like Texas or USC is being discussed, James Franklin's name is going to be mentioned because of the kind of appeal he can have with the home base crowd. And we see here at Penn State, we know that obviously he has his critics, but I think when you go back and look at when he was hired, uh, certainly there is something to be said about the way that he can win over a crowd. And that's a big part of uh, taking over a job like Texas or USC. You need to be able to warm that crowd really quickly. James Franklin would kill it at either one of those jobs, but... I don't think James Franklin's going anywhere either. So I think Michigan is going to have Jim Harbaugh next year. I think Penn State's going to have James Franklin next year. Again, we can revisit those conversations when the season is officially over. But it's nice to at least temper down some of the conversation about James Franklin's position as Penn State head coach, at least for a day. You know, can we at least enjoy this moment today? That's all I'm asking. But we will have plenty of uh, discussion about that moving forward, I would assume. Uh, real quick, let's go back into today's game because there was a very bizarre ruling. I, I think it was in the fourth quarter where Michigan has the football and it looks like Penn State forces a fumble on Kay McNamara and they, they do a good job of making an effort to keep the ball in bounds and then recover the fumble, return it a few yards. However, uh, apparently it is a rule where you cannot bat the ball to stay in bounds and I think have it move in your team's direction of towards your team's engine that you're trying to score. And so I, I think that that was the ruling. Uh, if I'm mistaken on this, I'll have to clarify this a little bit later. But that to me is a rule that should absolutely not exist. It was a third down stop. Uh, Penn State would have had the football, obviously, because because they did recover the fumble, or so it seemed. And then Michigan gets a free first down out of it. So <laughs> that is a rule that absolutely should not exist or it should not exist in the way that is currently defined because there should be no penalty that penalizes a player for keeping a ball in balance to give his team a better chance to recover a fumble. That's the one officiating grip, gripe I have with uh, today's Penn State Michigan game. I, I don't think there was really anything else that really stood out to me as far as an officiating gaffe. Uh, I did think late in the game, I thought Penn State might get uh, screwed by an early forward progress uh, whistle. Uh, because Will Levis had the ball. He was powering foot forward to try and pick up a first down. And the, he got the first down. They gave him the first down yardage. But the whistle on the replay looked like it was blown before the forward, motion, or the forward progress was officially completed. So uh, there was probably a slight issue with that one if you really want to dig into the nitty gritty. But again, I will sit here and say forward progress is a dumb rule as well. <laughs> Play until you were down as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so that's just where I fall on that. I think forward progress needs to be done away with. And we also need to do away with that ridiculous rule that penalizes a player for keeping a ball in bounds uh, because he was in bounds as far as I could see. It's not like he was out of bounds t touching the football to keep it in bounds. Uh, as far as I could see, the Penn State player was actually in bounds when he tapped the ball back to keep it in bounds. So I think that's a stupid rule. I think we need to do away with that. I'm charging the uh, the NCAA rules committee to at least review that, and maybe we can get that changed moving forward. But that's that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, obviously, we'll have much more reaction to this on the Monday podcast because I will record this uh, the the post game podcast on Sunday. Have it for you guys on Monday, and of course, we will have new episodes throughout the week as we get ready for Penn State taking on the road against Rutgers. But real quick, let's take a look around the rest of the Big Ten. 
take a look at some of the games that have gone down. Now, obviously, there were two cancellations on the Big Ten schedule this weekend. We already knew that Wisconsin's game against Minnesota was going to be canceled. And then late last night on Friday night, we found out that Ohio State's game against Illinois was also being canceled because Ohio State is going through a little bit of a COVID situation, including head coach Ryan Day. Obviously, you never like to see any of that. Uh, but take a look at some of the other action around the Big Ten. Not a whole lot to speak of because of the way that the schedule has been. And, of course, on Friday we saw Iowa uh, ranked number 24 in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, hold on to beat Nebraska 26-20, to uh, continuing to have the upper hand in that series. Nebraska falls to 1-4. and Of course, their only win was against Penn State. Uh, Wisconsin-Minnesota was canceled. Ohio State-Illinois was canceled. Uh, Rutgers and Purdue has not kicked off yet. That's due for a 4 p.m. kickoff in Lafayette. Uh, well, I'm sorry, West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, so we'll have to pay close attention to that, see what Rutgers does, because Rutgers will be Penn State's next opponent. I'm not expecting much out of Rutgers against Purdue. I think Purdue will win that game, but we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, Rutgers, again, uh, much more entertaining team than a lot of people would give credit for a 1-4 team. Watch out for those trick plays. That's all I'm saying about Rutgers. We'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about them in the coming week. And then uh, another final earlier today. Big game actually in the Big Ten East because who knows if Ohio State has another game canceled, they could be ruled ineligible for the Big Ten championship game. It puts a lot of pressure on the Indiana-Maryland result. And Indiana took care of business in Bloomington at home against the Maryland Terrapins, winning 27-11. to uh, Loyola, another 241 yards, uh, passing touchdown. But obviously uh, Michael Penix... Haven't looked at the stats, haven't watched any of that game, but Michael Penix in Indiana, now 5-1 and one overall. They're in second place, a firm second place in the Big Ten East. And as we are talking right now, Michigan State has number 8 Northwestern on an early 7-0 advantage. So, I'm sorry, Michigan State up 7-0 very early on against Northwestern. Far too early to put Northwestern on upset alert, but we'll just have to keep an eye on that one moving forward. All right, uh, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for uh, considering uh, following the Twitch channel if you are doing so. And of course, following us on all of our other social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the username LockedOnNittany. I am going to hop on the Instagram account real quick a few minutes from now as we do a little bit more post-game reactions with our Instagram followers. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. You can check out my uh, college football content on AthlonSports.com. Don't forget to check out my Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Let's turn this music up a little bit. Let's get things rolling here. And let's wish you all a great rest of the day. The music is playing. There it goes. There it goes. All right, guys. Have a great day. Penn State, 1-5 now. Moving on, taking on Rutgers next week. And we'll be back with another live post-game reaction stream shortly after the conclusion of next week's Penn State Rutgers game. We do not have a time for that game yet, as I'm sitting here, I don't believe. Let me double-check that before we sign off here. Yes, the time for next weekend's game, Penn State at Rutgers, is officially to be determined. So we'll stay tuned and we'll get those information out for you as soon as possible. I'm guessing we'll find out sometime tomorrow on Sunday. And maybe by the time we do our podcast on Monday, we will know all that information for you. So... Have a great day, guys. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for following along. And we will all talk to you later. Have a great rest of the Thanksgiving weekend, guys.